What is going on, the Ghost Squad and Clover Tat crew? Welcome to the Ghost and Clover podcast, episode number 11, powered by our good friends over at EAA, or European American Armory. We are live, as always, on YouTube, going to be out there in the podcast world on both Clover's and my podcast worlds out there. Um, but if you're out here live, uh, let us know that you're out there. We don't know what you're out there unless you do. More importantly, if you leave any comment, it could be anything. Tell us how bad looking we are, how bad at this we are, uh, how great we are, whatever it is. If you say something or anything in the chat, you could be randomly picked to come up with a third random viewer topic. So that's how you enter into that. You got to be present to win. Obviously, but we're going to have fun. If you guys are new to this podcast, new to this show, basically what happens, you have two idiots like us that sit around and talk about random things. We both bring a topic to the table. We don't know what the other person's talking about or what the other topic is until we actually say it. So y'all are finding out as soon as we find out as well. And in the third segment, like we said, random viewer topic. So get those questions in your mind we will pretty much be able to talk about anything that won't get us kicked off of youtube uh, like you said we are powered by eaa and we'll talk a little bit more about them here in a minute but before we do that let's bring in clover what's up homie yo not a lot man i i feel i feel a little bit robbed in a way because oh yeah we're doing back-to-back -back shows and we're not getting paid extra for this i don't think so i don't know probably not yeah if you guys we are need, we need a new agent i would say so yeah we, we definitely need a new agent look i've been trying to get drafted um for 30 years into the nba uh my 30th year of eligibility and i still haven't been drafted so i'm thinking uh, the same, unfortunately, the same agent that I use to get drafted in the NBA is also the same agent we're using for all of our media stuff. Um, Clover, I think that I need to find me a new agent. Uh, yeah, we may have to call Jerry yeah. Maguire or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Show <laughs> so me the money. That's right. That's right. Um, yes, if you guys are um, wondering why we're doing it this week, we both have engagements next weekend that would prevent us from doing the regularly, the regularly scheduled date. So we decided to go ahead and do it this week, and then we'll go two weeks and onward and so forth. Um, yeah, until, I, until we have to change it again, of course. Until we have to change again, which will probably be in another couple months or something. Yeah, you, know, you never know, you know. Right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Real quick before we get going, Clover, Clover's gonna have the first first um, topic tonight. But before we do that, we always do want to say thank you to. All of our supporters on each side, the Ghost Hats, Glenn, Clover Tack, uh, patrons, YouTube memberships, um, really anyone that just shows up, watches our stuff, leaves comments, shows up to the live shows, and just participates. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and we also invite you to uh, check out our sponsors, EAA and Taurus, and those. we'll talk more about them later down the line, but uh, support those people as well. They're good people, great companies, but... Um, what do you think, brother? I know that um, you know we both kind of had busy Saturdays. Um, it's nice to hang out and talk. I bit, think yeah. you first topic. You got first topic. Let's uh, let's get this shindig rolling. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I came up with my topic about five minutes ago. Oh, okay, nice. So uh, it fits in really, really good this evening. Uh, no, I I um I got some. Um, 
I got some, whatever you call it, racks or mounts or whatever you want to call it uh, for long guns. Oh, okay. Uh, I picked up a couple of sets uh, from uh, Amazon Vine. Uh, They ended up having, it was a 12-gun rack set up. And then, like, a couple days later, another company put up one that was almost identical. And I was like, oh, snap. Uh, Send me that, please. Uh, so I've now got a 24 gun rack set up. It's, it's sitting here. Both of those boxes come in. And, um, so I thought, let's talk a little bit about storage and how we store and some other things, I think, because there's a, there's a few things I want to, I don't want to put these in like the panic room, that type of thing. I would prefer to put these, uh, you know, I'm working on, as you know, I've, pretty much overtaken our living room um and i've been working on the folks that have followed the podcast the last couple of uh seasons have been done in various corners if you follow the card channel that's in a corner type thing i want a corner for 3d printing i've just been doing things in there um because everything's kind of right there and it's, it's easy to go to there's really not any setup or anything crazy it's similar i guess to a situation you have um uh, there in your little little office with the setup, but anyway, I want to put them up in there. Um, and, and again, I want to talk about general gun storage in general and ways that we display and store and do things. But in talking about these racks, there's a I got a concern. Like, and I just want to throw this out there, I guess first, and then we can get into the the bigger idea of storage, I suppose. But I want to put these up so I would have essentially 21 long guns. They wouldn't be in a safe, right? They wouldn't be in some kind of hidden room or, you know, locked behind a cabinet. And my thoughts, here's my thought. Um, the odds of anybody breaking in, you know this on me with a lot of different factors at play are, are kind of low. Uh, if you were going to have a setup, have a setup like that, I'm thinking I use cabling kind of like they would. Uh, you see gun shops use that. You see Walmart do it with the bicycles, right? You see, um, I could put several eye bolts, uh, big heavy duty eye bolts into the studs at various intervals, right? And I could cable through all the trigger guards to all of them together, right? Uh, And I could even go a step further because the bottom part of these, obviously it's a part where the stock sits and there's a part that it leans up against to the barrel or the handguard. I could go a, a step further and weave the cable through that bottom piece, which is a solid round hoop, right? Of course, with the eye hooks in the wall, I don't know that that would be necessary. Uh, do something like that and then just like padlock it, right? And so, you know, it's one of those situations where I think it would be just as secure as a gun cabinet. Um, probably just as secure as any type of a, any type of a storage uh, container that's not a bona fide safe, right? Correct. Like, yeah. You know, those thin cabinets you get it, whatever, the $100, $200 cabinets, some of them are a little more expensive yeah. than that. Uh, just sheet metal. You know, I don't see that being any less secure than something like that. So just curious, what 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 is, first of all, that's my question, is what do you think about that uh, type of a setup to secure that stuff or keep it secure? So, yeah, in my office, I've got um, several pieces of 
of metal pegboard that I use to display some stuff, um, you know, just to have. Now, I am eventually this fall going to go to slat wall. That's what and, these are. These are slat panels. Yeah. And and I yeah. really like slat wall, so I'm going to go, and that'll cover up the whole wall. I think. Or helmets, or you know, wh you know, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. I want to put on there, I'd have a yeah. lot more room. Now that said, uh, I I do agree with you that um, gun cabinets per se are not the most secure because let's be honest, even if they can't get the key, um, if they have two people, they can probably pick up the gun cabinet and just walk out with or it. You know, crowbar it. I mean, most or of those bar it or just or stick a sledgehammer yeah. to the door. It'll probably open. You know, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the gun cabinet in general, um, I, I don't have a problem with. I, I, I've got one right here. Um, I don't have a problem with them. Um, I tell you what, I suggest people using them for more than anything else is maybe storage of ammo or something like that, you know, or holsters yeah. or optics or that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, the two I've got are ammo, basically ammo reloading supply lockers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two thin um, ones, the little ones that I've got. Or I don't say little as far as size, but thin. When I say little, I mean thin. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as the security of it, um, well, you've got a lot of things that have to happen in order before anybody ever gets to that point of being able to make the decision of I'm going to steal these. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless, unless you live in a place, I, I, I live in a similar place to you as far as the threat of someone breaking in our house is not very plausible. Um, not saying it could never happen. Uh, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, um, right. it, it's not, it's not likely, you know? Yeah. Um, so that brings a whole nother consideration in is, is, you know, are you paranoid of that happening? So I would say if you're not necessarily paranoid of that happening, then, you know, aside from all the other things that have to happen before they get to that room, um, I, 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 I don't know if you need to secure them on the slat wall. Uh, now, what I might suggest is putting up guns on the slat wall that should the worst case scenario happen, well, you do not mind losing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm well, I'm not, yeah. not big. Of a, uh, it's not as big of a, an issue to secure them on that display in my situation. Now, if I live somewhere else, that might be a much different scenario. Well, even if the scenario arrives where you had a door kicker, I just feel like if I had some type of a cabling system on them, um, you know, unless they've brought tools with them or something, which most likely a door kicker is not going to have no. that, right? No. Uh -uh. Uh, and I'm not elaborating as to the complete setup and what's how it's going to be. So, you mean you'd have right. to have the right tools even then. Um, so, but, I, you know, I see it more as, you know, if something got to that point, maybe. Um, I, I do I do hear you on it. Definitely I would not put anything there. It would be mostly modern stuff and honestly mostly stuff that I use pretty frequently on the channel, which has its yeah. 
you know as well as I do, you didn't even know I owned the Tech Nine until a few months back, right? No, um, no, no. I don't. I don't break out uh, my older stuff very often, uh, and the more yeah. valuable stuff very often. And it there's a reason for that. The reason for that is, you know, in the event of a fire, which is a much more likely threat to me than than burglary right. than a break in. Um, you know, I don't want to lose something like that. Insurance, I have triple insurance on my firearms. So, you know, yeah. the whatever, the Burst AR-15, let's say, on the wall, on the slat wall, it burns up, oh, well, right? Like, it's like, yeah. it can be replaced, you know? Yeah, I, I think that I, I, I do like the idea of the cable system. Um, and, and if anyone's ever kind of been to... A, 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 a large gun show or an industry show. A lot a of lot gun shops do that with theirs on the rack when they close, too. You know, this is true, too. This is true, too. Um, you know, the interesting thing is is um, it would be probably a lot more time-consuming and a lot more of a hassle, but at least handguns, um, they all come with a padlock. And you could utilize those if you don't. I'm not saying you. I'm saying if someone out there wants to hook up uh, their guns on a slat wall or whatever, um, they all come with locks. And you could utilize the locks that come with your firearms. So if you don't want to go out and buy a a, a, a wiring harness system and all of that, uh, I do like that idea, especially if you can secure them to a stud um, or if you're going to put the slat wall or peg wall up on the wall, maybe utilizing like a two by four or two by well, two or are, like that to mount them on there. You could secure those, those wires, so, those as well. Yeah. So the hooks on these are slat wall style hooks where they've got the hook on top and then they yep. kind of clip down on the bottom, but the, it's not slat wall. So I need to, it's just one, imagine one slat, right? So, there's actually multiple slat pieces, right? So it's yeah, yeah. not like a whole wall. Like once I once I mount them, I can't be moving them around. No, I get that. Yeah, no, I get that. So it's not it's not a whole wall. But I just, yeah, my, I just my thought what slat wall like the slat well, area for slat weight wall. for weight and for tilt. And I was thinking about this because I like, um, you know, I like when I have a rack like that. I like the barrel and all to have some lean backwards on the same um, way. And so a, a pretty, a pretty good lean backwards too, by the way. And I think in order you, to you do that, I was barrel up, correct? Right. Barrel up. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, feel, that means, yeah. Yeah. I like to have a little bit of uh, a tilt backwards on these. Mm -hmm. And so I'm already going to have to put, I think probably I'm going to run a one by or something behind the bottom runner mm -hmm. on them mm -hmm. just to give it an extra inch or so. Uh, uh, to come out, I think that'll give it a little extra, a little extra lean, and I think I'll be happy with that. Um, but yeah, what I'm what I'm talking about is like you've got 24 because again, I've got I've got two 12 gun sets, so when I run a cable through 24 trigger guards, and let's say four one inch eye hooks mm -hmm. directly into the studs, well, you know, let's say one inch, and let's say I go good lord four or six inch long right or whatever it is four sure. inch, let's say threads on them into the studs like 
what are you going to do with those? I mean, barehanded, for for example, without any tools or without anything else, you know. Well, see that that's that's kind of where I was going. Is I'm not saying you don't need any kind of security, but you know, as far as bolts or wires or some kind of a wiring system or whatever, but I think that what we're talking about for the for the most part are the I like the idea of it though. You know, I no, no, I, I agree. But what I'm saying to you is I don't think that people need to go over the top of getting security cameras and all of this right. stuff, uh, because if you can make it just the least bit hard for them, they're in their mind trying to get in and out as quickly as possible. And if you deter them right. to waste a couple minutes trying to just get one gun off the wall, then you know what? They're probably just going to go try to find something valuable in the house and they leave yeah. your guns. And you especially know. multiple deterrents, right? And a lot of people don't think Correct. about that. But like, you know, uh, do you have adequate lighting outside? How difficult is it mm -hmm. to get into your house? Do they see a camera out there? Do they, you know, you've got all of these multiple layers of deterrence and then they, they've gotten through all of those. And then here's another one. And it's like, typically it's going to be like a smash and grab, you know, type thing. Absolutely. And the a cable system or something like that, I think is adequate for a smash and grab. Honestly, I think probably the, uh, uh, the lockers we were talking about, the sheet metal mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call them, lockers are great. I know James out there is talking about you know having something like that yep. uh, bolted to the floor. Now, yeah, you take one of those and bolt it to the floor, and uh, that's that's a deterrent right there. Yeah, I mean that's that's they're not going to waste time with that, you know. Um, yep. But yeah, just um, I know we got a, a maybe a few minutes here, but yeah. the. Um, uh, you know, just general general storage. I mean, I'll, I'll have that, of course. I've got gun cabinets. I've got in each each place I've got that my stuff is at. Um, you know, where do you come down on, and, and folks out there listening, or if you're live or if you're in the replay, you can comment below, of course, always. But I'm wondering where folks come down on, because I do hear people pretty regularly. It's like, oh, you need a safe for all your guns. And I'm like, do I really, you know, you don't have as many as me, obviously, if you're saying that, because you would spend more than my house's worth on safes, you know? Um, <laughs> right. So, like, where do you come down on that idea of you've got to have a safe for all your guns? I don't. Do you? Do you? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, so, I, I, I think that... Um, I think that they're they're necessary for for some for certain items, certain things, the valuable, the ones that you don't want to lose. Here's the thing: a lot of people, not saying everyone, but a lot of people utilize safes, gun safes, not for keeping people out of them. It's for fire, like you brought up fire. A lot oh, of those yeah. gun safes are fireproof, and they not only put for firearms; they'll put jewelry, they'll put cash, they'll put. Yep documents in that Agreed. stuff yeah and so gun safes are not necessarily always for guns and if they are they're probably the ones that are not in any way shape or form replaceable either by uh, by because they're not re they're not findable or they have a, an incredible sentimental value so right. gun safes are there to protect those not just from burglary but from more yeah. fire uh flooding whatever the case may be you know yeah well, so, you know, I'm thinking about this cable system, and I'm thinking about even 
even my handguns that have that are in boxes and i'm thinking i'm just throwing this out there as an idea for people that may have multiple handguns multiple factory you know with boxes or maybe even it's an aftermarket box most boxes have a little spot for a lock right and it so gives what a if you so if you if you wanted to what if you locked all of your handgun cases and then run a cable through those locks mm-hmm. into some eye bolts in the wall and then let's say you had your handguns all in the boxes on the top shelf of the closet for example sure. you know i could see a way of securing them like that you know uh, and it'd be similar to what i'm talking about i think uh, i think it would be yeah. sufficient for most situations for you know the smash and grab situations anyway yeah i i think that what what people need to do when they talk about securing their firearms is and it's all going to be an individual thing but they need to have a discussion with themselves as like what or who am i trying to secure them from is it the smashing grab is it kids is it what is it because that is going to help dictate what you know process and what instruments and what panels or what saves what cabinets or whatever you're using that's going to help you go along to decide which way is the best way is figuring out what are you trying to secure what's your purpose for this location or this type of security is it for this this or this and then go from there because for some people it very well me it me need to be they need a a slot or a spot in a safe for every single firearm they own they very well right. may need that right um other people may not you know yeah um hit a couple of, of uh, comments real quick yep. out there uh, first rod with uh aegis guns here he says uh, why is the lean back so important to you um i've seen stuff fall out of out of racks that mm-hmm. wasn't leaned back just a little bit. So like gravity is doing its job, um, whether the opposite side of the wall, something gets bumped into it or, you know, uh, sometimes thunder, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, lightning strike real close to loud thunder rattling, uh, you know, things like that. I'm not talking about a drastic lean rod. I'm literally talking about the bottom being out maybe an inch further. So by the time you draw that angle, I mean, you're not talking about an extreme angle or anything yeah. like that. Uh, and then Chicago Mike says out there, uh, do you need a, a safe for your EDC? That's a call everybody has got to make That's depending your upon own. their situation. Uh, right. A single dude, a single bachelor dude is going to be a much different situation than the father of a couple of kids under the age of five. For example, yep. or you know something like that. Everybody's kind of got to. And that someone call. living out in the uh, on a ranch or a farm is going to be different than someone living in downtown, you know, city. You know. Yeah, this is true. Um, I think if you do go safe uh, for your EDC, I mean, it needs to be uh, quickly, readily, and quickly accessible. And um, I think that you need to regularly and routinely <laughs> practice. Uh, getting yes. to that as, as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, speaking about getting to stuff as quickly as we possibly can, we've got to move on here. <laughs> got yeah. to. Uh, I'm going to force the call. Uh, and uh, we're going to start by talking about EAA and uh, European American Armory. And, you know, I noticed something when the uh, the pre-roll, the montage, the intro was rolling there. What if mm-hmm. we change that up? We've got to do some design changes anyway to the cover art sure. and the, and the I mean, the... Uh, background here and some other things um 
what if we could we possibly do some kind of a I don't want to say photo shoot, but some kind of B-roll thing or, or find some, some clips and make that all Gersaw, I mean, all EAA and all maybe all Taurus. Absolutely. That's easy. Not a problem. That would be, that could be potentially cool. Yeah, that would not be a problem at all. Yep. Yeah, we can definitely do that. So, uh, yeah, EAA, have you got a chance to uh, play around? I think I asked you on the last show with your MC14T much. Yeah, I've, I've got I, – I haven't shot since that one that one box I put through. So I've got uh, a box uh, of uh, Hornady through it, uh-huh. uh, which is 20 rounds. They come in a box of 20 in those. Um, I just haven't had time to – I haven't haven't been to the range since then. Um right. Life happens. Um, yeah, life happens. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it's just one of those where um, I'm looking forward to it because um, I know it's going to hand. I, I know it handles the defense ammo already, and so if it's going to handle defensive ammo, chances are um, it'll handle you know FMJ ammo and all that. More importantly, I just can't wait to actually like dive into it and not just shoot it just to see how it cycles and all that like dive into it maybe even put it through with a tip-up barrel could be interesting to put through the crucible with the elements um could be interesting to do that more importantly i just i think it's such an awesome design and a fun design um i like to you know my daughter would come up she'd probably enjoy shooting it i might even try to get yoko to go and shoot a little bit and, and, and help you know put it Put that on camera, not her necessarily on camera because she won't do that, but uh, maybe her hands and her uh, the ease of of the manual of arms with this gun. So I, I'm really looking forward, not just shooting it, but I think that's such a cool design. It's going to be fun testing it and doing some different things with it um, that you, there's just more options to do because of the actual engineering and tip-up barrel. You could have some fun with it. Yeah. Um Break out the uh, the calamine lotion because I want to talk about you know one that I'm going to get out here, hopefully hopefully sometime this week, uh, just because it's leaned up against the wall in there and I keep walking by it and it's like man that's so much fun I got to get it back out put some rounds down range is my um, uh, MC three twelve sport which is the yeah. uh, Gerson shotguns yeah. coming in from EAA and if you guys are out there listening. Uh, are looking for a solid shotgun. Uh, basically, have copied the Benelli action, uh, which yeah. is one of the best actions out there as far as a shotgun. A super smooth shooter. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. And so, um, you know, we talk a lot about the handguns and other things from Gerson, but uh, definitely worth uh, throwing those uh, uh, those shotguns out there. The MC312 is the Gerson line. Uh, and then uh, EAA also has the Churchill line. Most of the Churchill stuff is the uh, is the 20 gauge. Uh, and the action on those is a completely different action, just so you're aware. Uh, they do not uh, do that Benelli action in anything 20 gauge. So uh, yeah. you pick up something 20 gauge. Not that they're not solid shotguns, the ones that I've played with. Uh, but they're more of a Mossberg to me. Have more of a Mossberg feel to them than a, uh, than a Benelli. So, but yeah, anytime you can pick up uh, something nice with that Benelli action for half the price of the, I know I've said Benelli way too much in this segment, uh, <laughs> then, uh, 
that's that's a plus for EAA for European American Armory, and it shows that they're they're thinking outside the box, and they're really wanting to get and and they're they're great about that, really wanting to get the value uh, out there to the uh, to the end user. So, uh, yeah, there is our buddy Yamil in the house, man. What's happening? What is what is up, my brother? Talked to him on the phone a couple times in the last few days, as a matter of fact. Um, you're up, man. So it was interesting. Uh, last week we had the whole show dedicated to something to do with food. And once again, we do not tell each other what the topics are. So it just kind of worked out that way. It's going to work out because we hadn't taught guns in a while. I had my topic ready to go. And you bring up gun-related topic, the first one. My topic is gun-related too. So uh, interesting how this well, plays out. The the uh, random beer topic may not be though, so this we is, never no, this know what the uh, what the audience is going to pick here a little later. This on. is true. This is true. Uh, my topic is some people call them. I call them battle belts. Uh, some people call them gun belts, duty belts, whatever. But the war belts, whatever you want to call them. Um, but the heavy nylon belts that you wear on top of your other belt that you can put your holster in, some mag, maybe like a first aid kit. I think most people know when I say a battle belt, what we're talking is not like the EDC belt that you wear in the pants. This is the external where everything's already connected. You throw that on um, duty belts, whatever you want to call them. But I call them battle belt. Um, I wanted to talk to you and ask everybody out there in the, the chat, not only do you have or use them, but what your thoughts on them? Are they, are they worthwhile in today's regular civilian world? Uh, is it a pointless thing or what? I want to get your thoughts on battle belts or duty belts or whatever you want to call them. Oh, that's easy, bro. I'm out. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I don't see any point. I mean, I, I guess in a competition setting, maybe, depending on the competition. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, even in a hunting scenario, uh, there's much better rigs, um, you know, chest rigs and, and vests and different things uh, mm -hmm. for that hunting, hiking, hunting, whatever scenario, um, I think are, are more effective than, you know, trying to trot around in a, uh, you know, it's some type of a battle belt. So, yep. um, but I think that, I think that depends on everybody and where you're at. Um, like I feel kind of the same way. Let's shift gears, not necessarily the shift topic, but I'm going to shift gears to something that's adjacent, which is body armor. And I was, I was, I'm, I'm not armor. in the camp. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not in the camp that you've got to have body armor. And I'll know some people will say that, like, oh, you need body armor. Uh, I, I don't feel that I would ever need it. Um, you know, odds are if things went south really quick to the point I needed body armor and a battle belt, right? And, a, right. you know, a, what is the word? A, a, a battle rifle or whatever, let's just say. Uh, odds are I'm in town, I'm away from home, and I don't have that stuff with me anyway. So am I going to cart that stuff around all the time? And, and the reason I say that is the only use I could see would be for some type of almost like an urban-style environment where you had to shoot your way out or whatever Yep. Of a of a heavily populated area or something of that nature, uh, the the woodsman, the hunter in me, 
even in that scenario says I can sneak around, right? Uh, camouflage, being quiet, cover of darkness, you know, all of these other things that I could sneak around and get out of that environment without the need of, of even being in a firefight. And that's, like I said, that may be naive. It may be, you know, who knows? I've never been in that situation and hopefully, uh, I hope nobody ever has to be in that situation to be quite (laughs) honest with you. But, um, yeah, so who knows, right? Yeah, I, I think that um, a lot of people, body armor, I, I would say the body armor, battle belts, all that stuff, it's it's kind of a polarizing. It's either you're all in or you're no, you know, um, and, and it's one of those things where I get both sides of them. I, I, I tend to like that stuff, but that's kind of how I came up in this, in this world with guns was obviously with battle belts and with armor and all that stuff. Uh, being utilized for a specific reason, so I just I guess I've just gotten used to it over the years. But uh, I do enjoy uh, a good battle belt uh, because you're able to put first aid kits, you're able to put um, different magazines for ARs or for pistols or whatever you've got. You've got availability. You put a lot of different things um, on there. I I obviously own a lot of armor and plate carriers. Um, but I I think that a battle belt is probably more practical than armor. Um, once again, all this is taken to where, where I live. I don't suspect that I'll ever have to put body armor where I live. If I do, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong, and there are probably 27 other steps that have happened before I got to that point. Um, that said, I think that everyone probably should have some armor, uh, if nothing else, for your family. Uh, that, uh, you know, the kiddos or the wife or whatever, um, if you want to have some for them, whatever. Um, I do think that the ease and the um, the way that you can utilize a, a battle belt or a duty belt or whatever uh, for organization uh, to keeping things um, secure, where I use mine is I use a Safari Land drop leg holster with a QLS system. So the cool thing about that is you can buy the extra, you know, male inserts that to put on any of your holsters that you want. So that I only have one setup for a holster uh, on my battle belt, but I can utilize any gun that I want with that because I'll put a, a QLS on a holster for every one of my guns. I have a holster specifically dedicated for that battle belt for every handgun that I have, so I can utilize that um, with that battle belt. Now, that said, we're talking about armor. Uh, There is a question out there from Chicago. Mikey says, do I consider core belt a battle belt? No, a core essentials or next belt or click belt, um, even though they are a little bit more rigid and all of that, that is nowhere even close to what a battle belt or duty belt is. Um, that's just a really good EDC belt, and there is a distinct, huge difference in an everyday carry belt and what I would consider a battle belt. Um, yeah, Rod says, who's going to wear body armor anyway? Yeah, I mean, it, it's terrible to wear body armor. Um, it is what it is, uh, and, and I like core essentials. I like next belt. I wear next belt every day in, in my normal job. Uh, all the ratchet style belts, and, and but those are EDC belts, and, and to me, 
Um, I would never set up an EDC belt the way I would a battle belt. A uh, battle belt is going to be an external belt that is not going to um, it's going to go on top of your EDC belt for the most part. Um, what do you think about the EDC belts? Would you set those up somehow, some way as a battle belt or something like that? No, I don't think I would. They're not uh, typically they're not heavy enough and not designed for that. You know, unless you're Unless you've got a short enough duty belt for your EDC belt. None of the EDC belts I've got really are rigid enough for that kind of weight. Um, yeah. so, you know, I don't think I would. And then, you know, they're not designed uh, to be self-supporting or whatever, right? Sure. I mean, they're designed to use belt loops and whatnot as support. So, yeah. uh, you know, no. I mean, for me, I, you know, I've got a trench coat like El Duce from, uh, you know, nice. Blue Saints with all the gun pockets. So I just, you know, I just yeah. use that when I go out. Like that's yeah. what I'll use. But, uh, no, no. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. Good James. No, out saying, there. James out there was saying he thinks that armor and battle belts great, but I'm not going to wear them for a trip to the gas station. And that's not what we're talking about. Um, I have my battle belt that will stay in my vehicle. Um, but they're for going to range, they're for competition, they're for training, they're for a, a lot of different scenarios, not every day, obviously. They're not going to be, I'm not going to throw my body armor in, in, my, uh, in my battle belt to go to Walmart, obviously. Um, now, you were talking about in your segment about uh, gun storage, and I'm even going to say slash gun display. Okay. Now, Right. If you're going to have a battle belt and you're going to have a plate carrier and all of that, and you have like a slat wall or pegboard and all of that, uh, being able to display those or put them on those display walls for ease of access might be a pretty good thing. Um, so you can just, if you ever can get to your, if something happens, you need to get to it, you know where it is. You don't have to dig through your closet or dig through your safe or dig through a cabinet or whatever. It's on that wall. It's wherever it's easily accessed to where you can get it if you need it. Uh, I don't, right. I do have friends that I know that will keep a battle belt, um, by the bed and right next to their gun. Now, I don't believe that that would be necessary but uh, there are people that do that and i'm not going to tell them they shouldn't because that's what they feel they need to do um but there are things that you can do once again if you've got a battle belt that you have um fully loaded two or three you know um handgun magazines you have two or three ar magazines um you've got i don't know some shotgun shells on there no matter what firearm you're able to pick up to go in and fight that intruder, that battle belt would have ammo there for you where you don't have to go. Like I said, I think that they're a positive thing. I, I, I like them, but I'm not using them in everyday life. But I do like the ease um, uh, of keeping everything organized. Everything is in the right spot. You train with it. You, you do all that. You know exactly where those magazines are at any given time. Um, and all that. But like you said, you can utilize chest rigs. You can utilize H harnesses. You can utilize a lot of different things to get the same done. You could use a backpack if you want. You can just carry a backpack everywhere you go. It could have everything in there and have ease. But uh, the reason why is I had a few comments on um, one of my Battle Belt videos, and they asked, you know, why 
Like, why? Um, and so I thought it was a good question. Uh, you know, battle belts and armor and all that, they are kind of a personal preference, whether you like that stuff or not. Um, I think that if you get into them, I think that you will appreciate their value. You, you're not going to use them all the time, but I think that you would appreciate the value they bring to your training or your your competitive shooting, whatever that may be. Um, but they're not for everyone, and, and, and I don't feel like everyone needs to go out and buy a battle belt. I sure as hell don't think anyone needs to go out. Everyone needs to go out and buy out a plate carrier with armor. Um, right. You know, a lot of people utilize plate carriers without armor in them to, for organization as well. You can put different stuff in the plate carriers as well. So whatever you think that you want to use, um, what I say is, is um, I'd rather have all that stuff ready to go in case the worst case scenario ever happens than wondering how am I going to get everything where I need it to be if I need to go quickly or something. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. Um, I'm looking out here. Um, <laughs> uh, Emil said that five dirtbags got into a shooting at, at a local gas station two miles, so maybe a trip to my gas station requires armor. That's Yeah, that, that might be. Yeah, uh, We're talking about EDC belts and all that backpacks. Yeah. Um, I think the average person's probably be more willing to carry a backpack around than anything else. Uh, Chris is why just because no, I get that. I get that. Um, no EDC belts are phenomenal. I, I like I said, especially the ratchet belts. I really got into the ratchet belts the last four or five years and I wear them every day. Now that they've, I, I, I wear them. I, I, I sell them in my golf shop, but, um, I wear, ratchet belts to work every day now so every day whether it's an edc belt or it's a a golf whatever it is i'm wearing ratchet belts if you guys haven't this is not a, a plug for anyone in particular but if, if you haven't experienced a a ratchet belt man it'll change your life they're so much easier um i love them i, love I haven't them. gotten into i haven't gotten into them yet uh i'm still running leather and then i've got yep. uh I'm well, still running belts now. So I'm still running that uh, that true spec two ply range belt. Still, yeah. that thing's still kicking. I've had that thing for years. It just will not wear out. Yeah. Um, now it's not you know for EDC carry. I mean it it does the job if you're just you know one small handgun yeah. or something like that. Uh, it does fine. It's not going to hold a whole bunch of gear on it. Obviously, well, let's, let's be honest. Once again, how much stuff are you planning on putting on your waist for EDC? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like how much stuff you really plan on putting on there? Yep. No, exactly. Um, yep. So yeah, we've got to uh, we got to do it. Pick somebody for this uh, next segment. So if you're out there, if you've been commenting, uh, you are eligible. If you're listening in replay, shame on you because you can actually influence the show here be a part of the show uh we're going to uh, i'm going to get up a share screen here uh just a second i'm working on it anyway and we will uh draw from somebody that has commented out there so far and uh, they will be able to give us a topic moving forward so uh yeah let's hit the uh button on this best of luck to everybody and uh while uh we're waiting for the person to reply with the topic, we will talk about Taurus, who is uh, our sponsor and who powers the viewer-driven topic segment. So here we go. Hit the button. Let's see who we get. It could be interesting. could be interesting of what the topic will be. 
Oh, it's Yamil. Oh, I guarantee this could nice. be interesting. So, Yamil, so, give us a topic we'll talk about. Any topic. Uh, not any topic, because if it could get us kicked off YouTube or something, probably not. <laughs> but uh, this is the Ghost and Clover podcast. So, pretty much any topic goes. We talked about food last show, the entire show. So Music, uh, cars, TV shows, movies, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, throw us a topic out there, Yamil. Uh, and uh, and we will talk about it. So, uh, Taurus, yeah. Rossi, yeah. Heritage, yeah. Uh, all pretty cool uh, stuff. Uh, I'll say it every time when we run this segment. Taurus is crushing it with the big bore revolvers. I mean, good Lord, that 460 S&W is just awesome. Uh, you know, ability to shoot several large, you know, uh, uh, cartridges it's interchangeable with uh, the 460 SNWs uh, with several different large bore cartridges which is cool um, and uh, heck with the heritage that uh, tactical cowboy I think they call it with the rail and the mm. uh, it's got the rail and the muzzle brake and man that that dude I mean for a fun little revolver which let's face it that's what heritage is it's not designed for self-defense or competition or really anything like that uh it's a budget friendly 22 22 mag revolver to get out on the range and have fun so um yeah I, that's a cool one um and uh, you know you could run a dot on a revolver with a muzzle brake why not right uh but the uh the other stuff i mean you can speak more to the modern stuff so yeah you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, I've shot tour stuff for a long time, uh, but I never owned one until, I don't know, three, four years ago. And, um, we got our topic here in a second. That's going to be a good one. Um, cause I think we both are going to have pretty interesting takes on this. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's semi stuff, uh, that I, obviously that's more of my, my game. Um, I really have enjoyed the last, you know, few years of what they've come out with with the G3, the G4, even the G2s. They they really did step up and, and, and took that next step into being a quality firearm for a good price. Um, I think that before that, uh, aside from the maybe the the the, the PT, the, the 1911 and the 92, yeah. uh, PT92, their other most of their personally designed if you will, semi-automatic pistols were less than stellar, um, but they, they did put a conscious effort into the G2, and then the G3 came out, and now the G4, and, and they've really done some great work with those. Um, and they're, they're good people. Um, you know, they're, they're just good people over there, too. But, no, I, I really do enjoy... Um, I'm looking at the G3 right there, and, and it's, it's, kinda, it's, it's, it's got a, a great feel to it. And mine's a full size, which is kind of odd because most people think I would carry the compact. I went with the full size, um, but it's still very lightweight, still very easily to, to carry and all of that. But no, I, I enjoy it. It shoots. Never had any issues with ammo. Uh, never had any issues with anything. And for for the price, you know, it's a really great, great buy. If, especially you can probably find a G3 now for for crazy good deals right now uh that's you know it's a couple year old model but if they're still they're still around out there you can get them for a good price and i would recommend them for anyone who's looking for an entry level gun for sure yeah right 
So uh, Yamil yeah. out there, Yamil out yeah. there. He's getting he's getting adjacent to trying to get us kicked off YouTube. But I think we can I think it, we can discuss this without getting too uh, wild and crazy. He says woke Holly weird. Uh, how bad things are getting and how actors are identifying as victims. So where you want to take this one? You know, I, 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 I'm going to take a little different position because I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say just actors. I think celebrities slash entertainers, whether they're, they're music, whether they're actors, whether they're just social media influencers, YouTube, yeah. uh, YouTube, YouTube. people, um, it's, that's the way it goes. And I, I'm going to take it two two places. The first one is, is I'm really sick and tired of anything that doesn't go as planned for any of these people. Well, like I said, whether they're actors, musicians, influencers, personalities, whatever, if something doesn't go well for them or they're not as successful with something that they think they should, they always blame and they're the victim of, man, they are shadow banning us or they are doing this or YouTube's going after gun things and they're, they're not showing my videos or or singers, man, I, I can't even say anything or, you know, this, that, and the other. I can't I, I can't even say this in a, in a TV show or comedians. Yeah, comedians my God, they're, they're destroying yeah. comedians and it's terrible. Uh, but they utilize this victim thing. Now, yeah. the flip side of a lot of this is let's just take the other flip side of Hollyweird. Uh, a lot of these actresses and all of that in the last five years have talked about uh, being taken advantage of and had to do certain things to get certain parts and with certain producers and certain, um, you know, companies and all that. Um, here's the thing. You have a choice. Yeah. So these people were not thrusting themselves upon you. They were giving you the opportunity. If you want this, you can do this. And if you were so far against that, then you know what? You put being successful and famous in front of your values then. Yeah. Don't get to come back at this point and say, but he took advantage. No, 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 no. Well, bad decisions. Bad decisions are something that people have been making for a long time. And I think yeah. in the context of what you're talking about there, which is kind of the me too thing, um, yeah. you know, a, a creep being a creep um, and potentially even doing illegal things does yeah. not absolve you from a from a completely bad wrong decision, right? Yeah, I don't want to sit there and say that those people are are off no, the hook. You made, yeah. but you made the decision, you know. Right. At least own that decision. And there's been some some actresses that have come out and have actually said that they have actually said, "Hey, this is part of this is on me." Now. Um, I have, I'm about, had to go back over because I've got another window open. I'm about halfway through a podcast now. And uh, I take a lot of heat for, for listening, watching this podcast, but I, I enjoy it because it, it brings just other perspective. And it's it's crazy that you mill through this topic out because it is Club Random with Bill Maher. Sure. And yeah. Jordan Peterson is the guest. So, let me ask you this before you go further. Yeah. Knowing Bill Maher. Mm -hmm. That we all do. If, if 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 you if you would have said ten years ago that in ten years from now one of my favorite podcasts would be Bill Mars, what would you? Say? <laughs> right, no like you're hell, crazy. that's happening, right? You're crazy. Yeah. yeah, you're right. crazy, right? I'd but here's another the thing. One more, I mean, Bill Mars, he go didn't check out Russell Brands also. No, 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 no. Well, I, okay, he didn't change. You no, know, that's the he thing. That's what's crazy. He is, has, is 
he's explaining himself more, maybe. I know that, you know? but but the thing is, see, he hasn't changed, and and we're getting off topic here, and I mentioned that for a reason, but uh, he hasn't changed. Everybody else in the whole movement, you know, is basically hijacked liberalism, is is what he sure. claims, and Absolutely. so I think that's true. And so if that's true, if 20 years ago, I would never envision myself listening to the Bill Maher podcast. What does that say about me? If he never changed and yep. yet I'd right? like, I've changed then. Right. Um, so, or maybe I wasn't ever like I thought I was to begin with. That's a possibility. But anyway, I bring that up to say, if you want a lot of perspective, uh, and he has right leaning people on and everything else all the time. And that's what makes it such an interesting conversation. And oftentimes, Oh, his with Gene Simmons was amazing. Because oftentimes they don't even talk politics and other stuff. But yeah. anyway, this one yeah. was Jordan Peterson. They did get into the woke stuff. So that's kind of like Emil was talking about. And there's a couple of different things. There's two points I want to make on this. Uh, and and they, what they were discussing earlier that I listened to influences what I'm about to say about this a little bit. And the personal experience, the rest of it. Uh, but number one, social media and social media has been around for a long time at this point. We're dealing with 20 years or so of social media at this point. Right, um, right. But social media has exponentially exploded the amount of narcissism that's out in the world. Whether that be Hollywood, whether that be politics, whether that be sports, entertainment, whatever, right? Like the people that think they're they're the ultimate of importance and the pinnacle of whatever and mm like they have that in their head that they're just their opinion is the ultimate opinion for whatever reason they think that right um right. and it's it's so annoying to hear that like everybody needs to listen to me i'm so and so basketball player football player or soccer player or actor or actress or politician because i'm that important or whatever like no you're a narcissist is what you are you know and you yeah. need to check yourself um so the whole mentality, um, it is also, um, so you've got that. You've got the, the rampant narcissistic attitudes of people in general, especially people with any type of popularity or, or uh, what is the word, uh, of affluence maybe. Um, sure. Then you've got social media, uh, three digs on social media and social media is the devil. That's what I'm getting at. That's the theme, the spoiler alert of, of this little rant. But um, you've got the narcissism. Uh, second, you've got the uh, sociopathic tendencies. And there's a bunch of different elements. If you're not familiar with that, I, I, I invite you to do some research and run down this road. But there's a lot of different traits and things that go into being a sociopath. Uh, Ted Bundy was a certain type of sociopath. <laughs> not all people are Ted Bundy, right? Uh, so like uh, a jacuzzi is a hot tub, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzi. That's what I'm saying here. Uh, so I'm not saying if somebody out there is a sociopath, just because they have sociopathic tendencies, they're Ted Bundy. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but the Internet has ran really ramped that up because we see that people love suffering. I talk about this all the time, and I'm pointing fingers to some viewers and listeners out there that may even be this way. You had rather watch the train wreck and the death and destruction thereof than you had watched the, whatever, the awards ceremony for some academic college thing or maybe 
what am how I about, thinking? How, how about watching the Nobel Prize Awards? The Nobel <laughs> Prize. That's, I was just thinking the, the Nobel Prize Awards. Yeah. You yeah. know, something of that nature, something of a positive nature, right? Um, you'd rather, if it bleeds, it leads. And and I, I'm not blaming the people that necessarily that do that. I'm just saying you need no. to wake up and realize you're doing that because you've been conditioned to do it. If it, if it bleeds, it leads. We know that we've known that for many, many years, right? Yeah. And so the problem is having that mentality of loving, suffering, you know, just being drawn into the drama and the suffering, that's a sociopathic tendency, just so you're aware. So I'm putting that out there to people. And then the third, which totally goes to the viewers, is and what kind of what you mill. I'm bringing it back around to Emil's original thing, which he says, woke Hollywood, how bad things are getting and how uh, actors are identifying as victims. If the viewers, if the people out there would wake up and not allow that, and I've said this about big YouTubers and stuff constantly, that people see a persona, right? Just like they do uh, an athlete, just like they do a politician, just like they do an actor. They see this persona and they take it as gospel and put them on this pedestal based on their persona, not who that person actually is and not what their agenda is, right? And not whether or not that person is a narcissist or is a sociopath, right? They never consider that. Why? Because a lot of times it's just cool to follow that person and be in lockstep and like, oh, so-and-so is the goat or, you know, ooh, you know, I'm a big fan of this or a big fan of that person or Trump, Trump, Trump. How, many, how much do we hear that? You know, like I'm so sick of hearing Trump. I'm sick of it. You know, because there's people that don't look at Trump as he did more to destroy the Second Amendment than freaking Obama did. Like, wake up, people. Like, he's a narcissist. We know this. It's it's undeniable. You know, but yet there's people that still just unabashedly, unapologetically, blindly, I think, and that's the problem, um, look up to these people and stuff. And it's like, whether it's the right, whether it's the left, I don't care who it is. You know, you need to look at that person, right? You need to look at that person. Don't look at what the person says. Don't look at what the, you know, look, you know take a, a bigger picture. Because anybody can tell you anything. But it's what that person is saying consistent with what they've said throughout their history, right? If it's not, if they've been wishy-washy, is there a defining moment that you could point to to say, Oh, I get it. This happened in this person's life and their opinions and attitudes changed, right? Mm -hmm. And then what do the people closest to that person look like? What do the people that are closest to that person say, not only about that person, but what is their views on the world and society and everything in general? Um, but we don't. And, and, and a large portion of why that is the case is the, I think, social media, again, I'm, I'm going to go back and hammer on that, and the anonymity or the, the, the anonymous nature um, that social media can provide harbors the stuff that gives, as Yamil was, was saying, that gives these narcissistic people, right, um, a platform where the masses can then, then come in and, I guess, adore them or whatever they can pander to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that is the biggest part of it as far as identifying as victims is the narcissism. A lot of these people that are famous for whatever reason, you know, like Paris Hilton's famous for what? Like she's famous for being famous, but I don't know what she's done besides being so, the Hilton's daughter. Uh, but people that have influence that are famous for whatever reason, athletes, actors, musicians, comedians, whatever, 
they have uh, the, the the narcissistic tendencies to believe that anything that doesn't go perfect in their lives is someone else's fault. Well, here's a problem that I have, and you brought up social media. And I think, and a lot of people will tell you that Facebook is the worst thing on social media. I tend to disagree. I think the most dangerous social media platform, and it's why I don't engage in it at all, ever, is Twitter. Because you're giving people the platform to to assume that people want to hear what they have to say to 140 characters or less on any given topic. And if you were to go against them on Twitter, um, not just that person, but all of, like you said, all of these people that idolize this person um, will just destroy you. And a lot of these people have nothing else to do but to find out who you are in real life. And um, whatever, I think Twitter, when Twitter came along, Facebook was around all these. I think when Twitter happened, that's when we started seeing the demise of what we call the, the entertainment world. Because at this point, the narcissism took over and these people think that people are literally waiting. And, 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 and here's the thing. There are people that are literally waiting on their favorite celebrities to give us their thoughts on X, Y, Z um, in 140 characters or less. Um, I'll tell you one thing that you're talking about also, and I'm bringing up um, talking about who do they hang out with? What do their friends say about them? Here's a great one. I love watching people from a distance and see how they are when they think that nobody's watching them because that's going to give you the true character. What are they like when they think that nobody is watching them? How do they treat other people? How do they treat animals? How do they treat kids? All, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like You can find out about someone because most of these celebrities and most of these people are used to having cameras around everywhere they go so they just get used to acting like how they want people to perceive them in public because cameras are always around but what happens when there's some place they don't think anyone's got a camera and they may not have a camera but you can still watch them and you're going to find out their true personality when no cameras are around and, and that's what i would i would say that they get caught in situations and then once again the victim card comes out because uh, it's never their fault as to why something bad happens. You know, they, they create the drama. They create because drama sells. And what's that old saying? Uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. They create bad publicity. I think a lot of people create the bad publicity so that they can use the victim card. I think a lot of it is created by themselves or their, um, I don't know, agents or their their crew there's stuff that is planted out that these celebrities want out that is created by themselves so that they can then use the victim card and get sympathy and all of that, which I think is um, it, it's crap. But uh, we probably need to move on from that. But yeah, the the the, the yeah, victim I can't believe you would I can't believe you would bash Don Johnson like that just because he hates hey. old people and children and dogs. You know that doesn't yeah. that doesn't mean he's a bad person. Come on. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I've been around a certain golfer who that character was based off of. Oh, yeah, really? 
<laughs> yeah. Totally and it's awesome. the real deal. Dude, yeah. That's awesome. We won't talk about that live. We'll talk about those another time. But, uh, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, old people, dogs, children. Yeah. Yep. Old people, children, and dogs. Yep. Yeah, so. Four plays up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got to close this one out. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, big thanks, of course, to uh, EAA. Uh, European American Armory. Big thanks to uh, to Taurus. Um, heck, uh, what do you got going on? Uh, Lord have mercy. Another busy day, a busy week at work. Um, the, the next the next month or so is going to be nuts. I've got a big event coming up that takes about six weeks in planning and all of that. Anyways. But yeah, I still plan on getting to the range here pretty soon. I've got a bunch of stuff um, that I gotta, I've got to get done. Um, got TruerCon coming up in September. Uh, Clover and I will have some really interesting announcements about that uh, in the next month or so. You know what? Six- we can throw out at this point, I think, a teaser because we've been talking about <laughs> some cool things with TruerCon. We've been talking about some cool things with Shot24. And I think at yeah. this point, I think it's safe to say, and I think we can say it, that Bursa will be a part of that. Yeah, we'll we'll just yes, that's that's where we're going to start with. We'll throw that initial teaser. Bursa, um, Bursa is going to be a, a part of some industry stuff with us, and uh, looking forward to that most definitely. Uh, I really wish we could tell them what it is because I can't wait. I think it's a really cool thing. Industry and two A, industry and two A. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Being that bridge between the two and 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 having an opportunity with Bruce's help to do some some really cool things coming up for sure. Uh, Mandatory carry out there. Keep fighting. Please check emails. Is Thank you for the super chat. Uh, are you saying you sent me an email? I, I will check my email. I don't remember seeing one. That doesn't mean it's not there. And uh, I apologize to anyone and everyone that send me an email that I don't necessarily see right away. I will get to it as soon as I can. Um, oh, and and Rod, yes, I was going to send you a text. Thank you for the package. Uh, did you? Uh, he was asking you if you got the package you sent. I, I got did. a package you sent, and thank you so much for that. I did. I'm a little confused, and so yeah, I got to get him on. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, him on you, the you, yeah, you need to talk to him. It's it's for a specific reason. Um, yeah, you'll understand when you talk to him. <laughs> what do you got coming up? Uh, so uh, here in about a week or so, going to start working on getting the schedule set up for the uh clover tech podcast late 23 season so looking at um you know hopefully at least 12 episodes of the late season uh this go around so uh not sure yet uh what sponsors i've got nailed down or even what guests i've got a few uh, that i've never had on the podcast before that uh hopefully i can bring them in uh, and then uh, got some some old favorites, some old trusty favorites that uh, we've seen before that I'm going to bring them back in. It's always fun to, to catch up and see what new things are going on. Uh, outside of that, a ton of stuff coming in uh, that uh, we talked about. Obviously, the, the uh, gun wall stuff 
uh, yeah. this year, you know, earlier, we got a ton of other stuff coming in. So all kinds of videos, but we're into triple digit days here in Texas. So, yeah, um, it is a battle, uh, to try and, um, yeah, to try to get all of that stuff done and, and filmed and everything with triple digits, multiple, multiple times in and out to the range and everything, uh, throughout the day, you got to do it in small segments and then kind of lace it all together. It really does suck. But, um, yeah, I got some real cool, uh, projects and, and videos and products and other things. Um, uh, hopefully that'll be coming that way, uh, with that. And then it was, seemed like there was something else. Uh, Oh, dropped a, uh, Clover Tech reacts to Thursday with, uh, uh, on uh video from chris from the 740 so uh first of all go check out chris from the 740 uh and then uh, or 740 is how i like to say it and then uh um because i don't like to give 40 any more publicity than it already has you know, i don't like, I was, I don't I, like I, 40 I almost, I almost muted you when you said 740 yeah i know right yeah yeah i know uh but anyway yeah go check out uh, uh that reaction if you want and then uh, his channel but yeah that's all i've got so yeah, uh, we obviously want to say thanks to EAA and Taurus for uh, supporting the, the podcast. Thanks to everyone that shows up live, man. It's awesome to see the live because you guys are here. Uh, if you're watching this in replay or especially if you're listening to this in podcasts, uh, fantastic. Thank you for doing that. But we do invite you to, to stay in touch and figure out when we're going live and recording this live and, and jump, come join the live cruise. It's, the, uh, it's a fun one. Uh, thank you to all of my patrons and YouTube channel members. Thank you to Clover's you know, yeah. and YouTube channel members. And uh, thank you for always supporting both of our channels. Um, and go support our sponsors. Uh, you don't have to necessarily buy anything from them right now. But go over to Instagram or Facebook and just find a random post that EAA or Taurus has put. And just leave a comment and say, hey, thank you guys for supporting Ghost and Clover on their podcast. And that, that'll be a great deal. Um for a lot of reasons, but um, yeah, absolutely. If you could do that for us, that'd be wonderful. Uh, you got anything else before we pull the plug, dude? Pull it, pull it. All right, we burning will see. Too much, burning pretty much power here. Pull the plug. Yeah, we are. That's right. Pull the plug. Pull it. Uh, we will see you in two weeks. And till then, remember these pretzels are making me thirsty. I don't want to be a pirate. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Maybe some topic ideas, all that stuff. Thank you for supporting my channel, Ghost Tactical, and Clover's channel, Clover Tech. And thank you for supporting our sponsors as well. Make sure to go check out both of our websites, ghosttactical.us and clovertech.com. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.